Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. I actually read a psychologist who studied the names of 15,000 juvenile delinquents and discovered that those with odd or embarrassing names were in trouble four times as much as the others. Okay? Now when I said that, can you think of somebody that you grew up with that had just an odd or embarrassing name? We all knew somebody like that, right? Maybe you got stuck with a nickname in life as a young person and it stuck with you forever. My, my family and my cousin Michelle will attest to this. They all know me as Ricky. That was my name I grew up with. It's Ricky, Ricky, Ricky. My parents, when I was in trouble, Ricardo. And I, and I knew, I, okay, what did I do? It was my brother's fault. It wasn't mine. But we all had a nickname, right? All of us got stuck with a nickname. Maybe you didn't like that name, but you were stuck with that name. I'll tell you a funny story. I had a coworker one time. And, uh, okay, now God has blessed me with a nose. But this brother, he, he, he went beyond that. And so, you know how we, we just give people nicknames, right? And so one day he was swimming, and he was swimming backward, a backstroke, and uh, the people started shouting in, in Spanish, Tiburon, Tiburon. You know what that means? Shark, shark, because all they saw was his nose sticking out of the water. And that was his nickname, Tiburon. Now, all of us have grown up with and seen people like that. Maybe I've heard of nicknames like Booger. Right? Anybody know a booger? You know, or a boogie, or a mookie. You know, there's all kinds of crazy names. Every generation has popular names. Even back in the 60s, how many remember the crazy 60s of the hippies and their kids? The names they gave their kids. Just let me refresh your memory for, because most of us here, we weren't there in the 60s, so I have to tell you this, right? So, names like Karma, Sunshine, River... And Moonbeam, Doobie, right? All these crazy names that these kids had to endure the rest of their life. But here's what happens with some of these names. Some people go as far as changing their name. You've ever known somebody? Maybe that was you, possibly. Changed your name from something that had a stigma to it and you decided to change it. Well, today's names are quite different. The, the popular names, in fact, they're quite unique. In fact, I have a cousin named Unique. And uh, some of you I've, I've met beautiful here. You know, there's, there's some beautiful, unique names in our church and in the relatives and the families that we have. Yes. And, and so it's no longer uh, John and, uh, and Norma and Sally. And, you know, the, the names are very, very different nowadays. Here's another one. Families will often play on the names. For example, there was a family with the last name Turner, and they named their daughter Paige. Paige Turner. There was a family with the last name Peace, and they named their son Warren. Warren Peace. There was a family named, last name Case, named his first name, named him Justin Case. Another family had the last name of Bacon. And of course, they called him Chris with middle initial B. Crisp B. Bacon. Now imagine having to live with those names. People would poke fun at you 
I mean, we already get it as kids. We get made fun of as kids. And now to throw a name in there, names have a, a stigma attached to it. Then, then finally there was, a, there was a family with the last name Dover. And they named their daughter Eileen. Eileen Dover. And last name Poole. They named their daughter Jean. Jean Poole. Now, none of you here are crazy enough to do that. But how many know that celebrities do the same thing? For example, many of you years ago might know this. Francis Gunn changed her name to Judy Garland. Did you know that? Marion Morrison changed his name to John Wayne. John Wayne. Thomas Mapother changed his name to Tom Cruise. I would have too. <laughs> Marshall Mathers changed his name to Eminem, right? We're now getting to the modern times. Balkalis Almanzar changed her name to Cardi B. Very good. Somebody knew that. All right. And then Peter Jean Hernandez changed his name to Bruno Mars. Yes, I could see Raquel going back there, Bruno Mars. And then there's Usher, the R&B singer. Actually, that is his name, Usher. Some people just have really cool names. Uh, he's like Usher the third or fourth. I give a, I don't know how many there is in his family. But that's a really cool name. Some of them, though, aren't so cool. So again, look at your neighbor and tell them, what's in a name? And I invite you to stand up this morning as we read our sermon text this morning. Um, just stand with me briefly. And we're going to turn to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read verses 6 and part of verse 7. And it's also on your outline. If you don't have an outline, just raise your hand. One will be given to you. But I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your word. Your word is truth that endures forever. We thank you for the great story of 2,000 years ago that, that divinity came and robed himself in flesh. Lord, we thank you for the greatest gift that you've ever given us. And Lord, thank you again. We pray your anointing upon these words that I speak. Give me anointing. Give us ears to hear your word this morning, that our lives would be transformed, that we would leave changed from the way we arrived here today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You may be seated. Amen. How many are thankful for their name? How many are thankful you weren't named something really way out there, right? Uh, I think all of us here have really common names when I, when I look around. And that can be a good thing. But I want to talk to you this morning about Jesus Christ, how he existed long before Bethlehem. How many were here last week and heard me mention when Jesus Christ was born to the Virgin Mary, that wasn't his first introduction. In, in other words, Jesus didn't exist until that moment. Jesus always existed. Amen? Amen? Jesus is part of the Holy Trinity, what we call the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's always existed. John 1.1 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And the Word became God, right? And, and in verse 14, the Word became flesh. Jesus was manifested in flesh. So again, 
There's no doubt that Jesus was God. Can I get an amen? amen. I just want to lay the, the foundation from the get-go. So what the Bible tells us is that he didn't have a beginning as Jesus says, as God. He didn't have a beginning. He's always existed in the form of the Trinity, in the, in the form of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. He is the fullness of deity. All, all deity is wrapped up in him, the Bible says. Amen? So, so on, on the birth of our Lord, he wasn't just introduced at that time. That wasn't his beginning. It was his, merely his entrance to the planet Earth at that time. That was his entrance, amen? He walked among us. He chose to leave the glory of heaven to walk on the ground that we walk on now. That is your Savior right there, amen? He entered our world, breathed our air, walked in your footsteps, experienced the same pain you and I experience on a daily level, yet without sin, the Bible says. He lived his life and ultimately died for you and I. Amen? So the story of Jesus coming into this world isn't so much the story of his birth as much as it is the story of a gift for you and I. He was the greatest gift that we could ever receive. The greatest gift. The Bible says, unto us a son is given. A gift is something you receive that is given to you. You didn't buy it. You didn't have to purchase it. You didn't have to do anything to receive this gift. All you have to do is just receive receive if i if i ask my brother justin hey you can have this projector right here but just give me a 20 and you can have it that's not a gift even though it's worth more than 20 bucks a gift is if i just gave it to him free lock stock and barrel it's his that's what the lord does with our savior amen he gave us the greatest gift it was the entrance of jesus christ to earth Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born. Now, I want to take you to your outline, and I've got the, the five names that the Bible describes here in Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to start off with the first one, which is wonderful. Everybody say wonderful. wonderful. The scripture says in Psalm 40 and verse 5, Many, Lord my God, are the wonders you have done, the things you have planned for us. Nothing can compare with you. Were I to speak and tell of your deeds, they would be too many to declare. So many are his wonders. We, we couldn't even jot them down, the Bible says. We couldn't. It'd be impossible. No book could contain them. See, here's the one thing I know about, about gifts. Gifts can be extremely wonderful at this time of the year. And as I mentioned last week, I, I wear an extra large, just saying. Um, but, you know, here's the thing. Maybe a new phone for some of you this year. Maybe it's a, a new car. Uh, uh, maybe it's a new used car for you, but it's new to you. Maybe it's a new suit, a new outfit. Maybe it's a new house. Whatever it is, gifts can be great. But have you ever seen as a parent, you buy a gift for that child or maybe for that relative, and all of a sudden they open it, and then that look of disappointment is like, Ah, like they were expecting something else. I think as a parent, we've all seen that look. It can be disappointing sometimes. We're going, oh man, I, I almost, I, th I thought I had the right thing and, and I fell short. Well, life sometimes can be disappointing. But let me remind you, our God is wonderful all the time. He is wonderful. He does never fail us. Does he ever fail us? Never. 
In fact, his name, which he's called wonderful, it actually means wondrous works, miracles, something unusual, something amazing is what the, the Hebrew says there about the name wonderful. It can also be translated admiration, bewilderment. It can be translated worship in awe. God is awesome. And here's one thing I've learned is that we often say, oh, this is awesome. Oh, uh, Taco Bell was awesome last night. No, it wasn't. Taco Bell is not Mexican food. Let's get that straight. Burger King, the burgers are awesome. No, they're, they're good, but they're not awesome. God is awesome. Yeah. Amen? God is awesome. I, I started getting into the habit of saying everything, you know, this was awesome, that was awesome. I got to stop that because there's only one that is truly awesome. Amen? And that is God. Amen? He is wonderful. Medical science seeks to add years to your life. But did you know that Jesus Christ seeks to add life to your years? And he can do that for you every single day, amen? Because he is wonderful. Say that again with me. He is wonderful, wonderful, and wonderful to be praised, the Bible says. Amen. Our second word is counselor. How many are thankful that he's your wisdom every day? Do you pray like I do in the morning, Lord? Be my wisdom. Give me advice when I need it. I, I start my day off that way. I don't dare go out the door without seeking wisdom from him. Because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen even from leaving your room where you're at into the next room where you need God's wisdom. Uh, see, I, I can't figure it out on my own. I fall short every single day of my life. I need his wisdom to help me to be a husband to be a father, to be the best co-worker at my workplace during the week, to be a good pastor. I need his wisdom. Amen? Amen? How about you? He's available to you today as a counselor. Counselor, the word tells us in Psalm 73 and verse 24, you guide me with your counsel and afterwards receive me into glory. Amen. He's your counsel today, people. He's your counsel. What is it that's troubling you today? He's there for you to provide you counsel. Are you facing a crucial decision? Maybe even a life and death decision. Do I, do I do this? Do I go to my right? Do I go to my left? Are you facing a major decision? Seek the one who created you. Who can give you the right wisdom, the right counseling. Amen? He is our counselor. He will help you with the decisions of your life, the Word of God says. You guide me with your counsel and afterwards receive me into glory. Did you know that Almighty God wants to personally give you direction every day? He's just waiting there. He's saying, okay, let me see if they're going to ask me today. Are they going to ask me today for help? Or are they going to keep bumping their head in, on that same wall and running in the same wall every single day, every single week, and then wonder, Lord, why am I in the same position that I was last year, that I was 10 years ago, that I was 20 years ago? Maybe it's, beginning, maybe it's time to begin to look to him for counsel. Amen? Look to him for counsel. Here's, here's, a, here's a parallel of that. Many, who, who has a smartphone? Raise your hand if you have a smartphone. That's the majority of us nowadays. Okay? 20 years ago, they didn't exist. They were really dumb phones. That's all they were. But now we have smartphones. And my phone, I don't have it up here with me, but it has Siri. How many have a Siri on their phone, right? If that's an Apple phone. And you can, iPhone, and you can ask it, Siri, tell me where the nearest gas station is, and Siri will speak to you. There is a Chevron 2.3 blocks away, or 2.3 miles, 
do you want directions? And I'll say yes, and it'll give me directions, and it'll speak to me. And, uh, I, I, you know, it's so funny because you can play with Siri. How many have ever played with Siri, right? You can ask silly questions. And so I asked Siri, Siri, what's the meaning of life? And you know what Siri said? I think there's an app for that. That's what she said. I think there's an app for that. But, you know, you, you can ask silly questions of your, of your Siri or of your smartphone. But uh, the Lord is much more than that. In fact, we don't need to, to listen to Siri, to Google, to YouTube, or go to a psychic for counseling, for wisdom. Oh, no, we've got Almighty God. He's available to every one of you. Amen? Everything you need to know about life is found in Him. He's your friend that wants to walk with you every single day of your life. Amen? The Bible right here, the manual to the, to the life that you live right now. Life's instructions are found right here. What you're taught in Sunday school, the B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. How many have heard that before? Each of you need to know it. Each of you need to eat of this every day. Amen? It's found right here. Everything you need to know about life and about God is found in this book. God will speak to you through it when you read it and open it up in the morning. I always, when people ask me, well, where do I start reading? People that don't know the Bible like I did at one point to my, my mid-20s, I'd never cracked, really cracked open the Bible to read it. And uh, what I tell people nowadays is, read a, read a chapter of Proverbs. Read, read the Gospel of John. Start with those two right there. But Proverbs, how many know, is filled with wisdom every day. There's 30 chapters in thirty chapters, I believe, in the book of Proverbs, and if you read one every day, that's basically a chapter a day, right there. That's wisdom that God wants to give you. And then the Gospel of John, which is explaining the the plan of salvation to you. Oh my goodness, it's right there. Jesus came to this world and died on the cross for you and I. Amen. He is your counselor. The Bible also says all Scripture in here is inspired. Because there's many people like I used to do, well, and used to say, um, this is just a book written by men, which is true. Over 40 different authors put together the 66 books we have. Over 40 different authors. But the Bible says they were divinely anointed to bring us the Word of God. Everything in here is divinely inspired to give you and I direction for our life. Amen? And, and you can't go wrong when you follow the Word of God. It makes us not only realize what's right, but it also makes us realize what's wrong, what we, where we need to be instead of where, where we're going sometimes. And, and God's Word is a daily reminder. It's wisdom. It's, it's counseling for your daily life. How many are thankful for that this morning? It's God's way of preparing us in every way for everything He wants us to do. Again, look at your neighbor and tell him, he's my counselor. counselor. Number three, mighty God. He is a mighty God. I said this scripture in the beginning. John chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus Christ is the mighty God. He is the King of kings. He is the first and the last. He is the Lord of lords and, and so much more. 
I, I mean, I could really go into what's in a name. I could really describe all the names, the Alpha and Omega that the Bible uh, attributes to Jesus Christ, and we could be here all day. But today, I just want to talk about these five words, these titles. Mighty God. He is a mighty God. It's important to know, and I had someone here tell me, I, I didn't realize that Jesus was God. And that's one of the basic foundations that we as believers, we have to get introduced to that, first of all, and then come to the realization, he was more than just a man. He was Almighty God, robed in flesh. Amen? Almighty God. He was an eternal, yet he was an infant. He was an embryo, divinely placed there by the Holy Spirit. I mean, your mind and my mind, we can't wrap our minds around that. It's impossible to try to figure out how that happened. And last week when I spoke about how Mary was trying to explain that one, right? Trying to explain the virgin birth, trying to explain how all of a sudden she got a bump now and, you know, she's never known a man and Joseph is ready to divorce her. Because that's what the Bible says. Joseph was contemplating leaving her because here she is, a young teenager, probably 13 or 14, trying to explain that one. This was a divine miracle. The immaculate conception when Jesus was born. Here he was, the mighty, mighty God, eternal yet as an infant. The Word of God tells us that divinity, divinity, became flesh, became flesh. And it's when you begin to realize and understand that story, that principle of why he became flesh, that you truly realize, maybe for the very first time, why it is that he loves you so much. God, God could have stayed on his throne. God could have, could have continued life as it was on his throne, but he loved you so much, he sent his only son so that he could die for you on a cross. They didn't experience everything that you and I experience. Heartache. Loss. Tears. Hunger. Everything you've experienced. Jesus experienced it on this earth. Yet it was divinity that became flesh for you and I. And, and I really truly believe that most of us in the church truly don't understand that. Don't, don't appreciate that. Uh, you, you may believe that, but you don't appreciate it for what it truly means. He gave all. He gave all. We, we, we say we give all. No, we don't. We don't give all. Jesus gave all. Amen? Amen. And I'm thankful for that. How about you? Here, how many have heard of the author Max Lucado, Christian author? This is how he put it one time. In one of his books, he put it this way. He who was larger than the universe became, became an embryo. He who sustains the world with a word chose to be dependent upon the nourishment of a young girl. God is a fetus. Holiness sleeping in a womb. The creator of life being created. No hype. No party. No hoopla. Were it not for the shepherds, there would have been no reception. And had it not been for a group of stargazers, there would have been no gifts. God had come near. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Give my hand clap if you're thankful for that. Lord, we thank you for that, for coming and robing yourself in flesh. Thank you, Lord. And this, church, is what Christmas is all about. That right there is what it's all about. 
It's not about the great gifts that you're going to receive or that you're going to give. And let me tell you, gifts, gifts are good. But you know what's even better than that? Is this great gift that Jesus gave you. That's the greatest gift that you can pass on to anybody. Amen? It is the incarnation. How many have heard the word incarnation? That's my dad's first name in Spanish. Did you know that? Encarnacion. <laughs> but incarnation is when God became man, when he was born. That was the incarnation of Jesus Christ or of Almighty God. He is the mighty God. You see, all the power that you need and to live this life of a Christian is found in him, in the mighty God that lives inside of you as a believer. All, you don't need to seek it through Siri, through YouTube, through Google, or through a psychic. It's found in you already. Seek Him. Seek Him through His Word. Amen? Now, now some of you may be saying still, well, Pastor Rick, it's, it's hard to be a Christian. It's really hard to be a Christian. and Because I've heard that. And uh, I would disagree. Uh, I would tell you it's impossible to be a Christian. You know why I say that? It's impossible to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit in you, guiding you. You need the Holy Spirit because just on your own, you will fall. You will fail just like I will. And every time we fall, we just need to pick ourselves back up. Amen. You got the Holy Spirit of God, the mighty God, the everlasting Father living inside of you. And I'm getting ahead of myself here now. But He has given you all the power you need with the help of the Holy Spirit. With the help of the Holy Spirit, you can be the man, the woman He created you to be. See, the one thing I know about our Heavenly Father is that when He looks at you, He's not looking at you right now in the, in the thing that you're describing as difficulty, the circumstances. He sees you in, in your perfection. He sees you in the person that you can become, that you will attain, that you will be one day. He doesn't see you as a defeated believer. Amen. Thank God for that. It's not impossible to be a Christian if you have the help of the Holy Spirit. With God, the Bible says, all things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. Yesterday, I had a, a tree trimmer come to my house. And uh, I, I called him because he had the fish symbol on the side of his door. And I knew he was a believer. He lives a block behind me. And I always hear him every night at about 7.30. Beep, beep. His big old truck, tree trimming truck, backing up into his driveway. And so one day, I went over there, took a picture of the side of his truck, with his phone number, and I called him. I said, hey, I need you to come out and give me a couple of quotes because I don't do good on ladders anymore. Uh, they, they, the ladders start moving like this. Anybody ever experienced that? They start moving on me like that, so I don't do ladders anymore. And so um, he came out, and uh, he goes, Pastor Rick, it's good to meet you. I'm Brother David, and this is my, my grandson Ezekiel. And right away, he was just an on-fire Christian. I could just tell, and he began to tell me his testimony. You got to tell me how he, from this area in Vallejo, he was a con man, a drug doper. He would get over on you and, and he just began to tell me story after story. And now he's a deacon in his church and he, he serves God and he, he has turned his life around. He's been in business for over 20 years. God has been good to him. And, and you know, we just rejoice and thank God for that. But God, with God, all things are possible. All things are possible. Amen. Here's what's going to happen during Christmas time if you've bought an electronic gadget for somebody. Inevitably, there will be some toys 
that don't work, right? You, sometimes you open up a, a toy or a brand new gadget and they don't work. And especially if it's an electronic gadget, maybe a, a computer, a laptop, a, an iPad, a, a watch, uh, these new smart watches and phones and such. And when that happens, that person is going to call tech support, right? That's typically what you do. And they're always going to ask you two questions. You know where I'm going? They're going to ask you, number one, is it plugged in? Is it plugged in? That's the first thing we always check. And then the second question they're going to ask you is, is it turned on? Is it turned on? Amen? Isn't that simple? It sounds so simple, but how many of us have been trying to fire up our computer, and this thing's broken, it won't start, and I don't know what's going on, i got to go buy me a new computer, and it's unplugged. Or it wasn't, oh, you just forgot to hit the on button. You know, we've all done that. So, so don't, 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 don't be saying you, you've never done that. You've done that. Come on. But that's going to happen. Amen? That's going to happen to every one of us. God is asking the same thing today of each of us. He's asking you today, are you plugged in? Do you have me turned on? Are you listening to my voice? Are you reading my word? Do you, do you come to church or are you a CEO? Christmas, Easter only, right? And uh, what he's asking you again, are you plugged in? Amen, amen. We need to be plugged in, church. We need to be plugged in because he is the mighty God. Take advantage of that. You've got almighty God available to you and you're not plugged in? I want to grab you and shake you and go, what's going on? This is Almighty God. This isn't, this isn't Tony Robbins, you know, some self-help inspirational speaker, John Maxwell. This is Almighty God that can give you wisdom for your life, help you to manage your life. Amen. He is the Mighty God. Say that with me. He is the Mighty God. Number four. And probably our most difficult one to understand. Everlasting Father. Say that with me. Everlasting Father. Everlasting Father. The Word of God says in Hebrews 13 and verse 5. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Now, some of us have best friends. Maybe that you, you count your spouse as your best friend. But how many know that even spouses fall short? Even spouses disappoint. Even spouses forsake us sometimes. But God will never, ever forsake you, the Bible declares. He will never forsake you, amen? And here's the great news. The Bible teaches that you're going to live forever, and He promises to take care of you for eternity. For eternity. Not just your, your lifespan here, whether that's... 80 years, 70 years, 90 years. My, my grandparents have lived to be 100 years. Uh, I mean, that's amazing that my dad's side of the family, they, they have these genes that they just don't quit. They have Duracell or what is it, Energizer batteries in them. And, and they just keep going and going. And God promises not only to be with us during that lifespan, but in eternity as well. Now, you say that's a good thing, but not necessarily. Not necessarily, not if you're going the opposite direction. That's not a good thing. Because here's what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that we are an eternal soul. Everybody say an eternal soul. 
You're not an eternal body. You're an eternal soul. Your soul is going to live somewhere forever and ever and ever. Amen? You're not a body that happens to have a soul. You're an eternal soul equipped with a body. Amen? You're an eternal soul. And the Bible teaches that one day life on this earth will end. Your life will end. We all have our days numbered, the Bible says. None of us know when that end will come. But as I said earlier, Jesus came to add years to your life, to give you life abundantly. Amen? He gave, came to give you life abundantly. But we need to be ready for that day because it is coming. It is coming for every single one of us. God promises us that one day this life will end and our soul, our eternal soul, will one day go to be with Him. Because the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Or we go to hell, a place called hell, reserved for those that are not living for God. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ today, you will live in heaven. You have that promise today. Amen? Are you thankful for that? The Bible declares that. But if you're not a believer, the Bible teaches that you will spend all of eternity. Say all. All. I looked that up in the Greek. You know what it means? It means all. It means all. All of eternity. Separated from God in a place called hell. How many have ever read this book, 23 Minutes in Hell? If you've never read that book, um, you know, I, I would encourage you if, you, if you like to read, just to read it. It's a story of a man, a believer that had a dream, a vivid dream, a vision, really, of uh, a hell. And um, he describes it in detail based on what the Bible says, but above and beyond that, in ways that other people that have had similar visions and dreams um, for centuries and years also described it. As, and so it's quite interesting. Um, sometimes people need, and excuse me, but sometimes people need the hell scared out of them. How many agree with that? Sometimes you need to be reminded of where they're going. Amen? Because Jesus Christ came to die for you. That was no light task. He came and died for you. He doesn't want to leave you lost in your condition. He doesn't want you to stay the same every single day. He wants you to be transformed, renewed in your mind. Amen? So again, Jesus came to die on a cross for you and I. And, and the Bible, because it describes him as everlasting father, really the, the Greek, what it's saying there is father of eternity. He's going to be your father in eternity, forever. And, and the reason why I said it's difficult for some people to relate to that, because for many of us, we didn't grow up with that, with that typical nuclear family. The mom, the dad, the two kids, and the two dogs, and the cat, and the duck, right? Um, so for some of us, that's... That's not familiar territory. So when you hear of a loving father, that's foreign. That's a difficult concept to grasp. How many know what I'm talking about? And and so that can be very difficult. And I know that at times that can be difficult to know that I didn't have that as an earthly child. How can I relate to that in a spiritual sense? The Lord wants to remind you today he's going to be there and never leave you 
forever or forsake you. He promises to walk with you right now and into eternity. Amen? He is a caring father. He is a loving father. He is the everlasting father. And then finally our fifth name, our fifth title is Prince of Peace. Everybody say that, Prince of Peace. In the book of St. John, chapter 16 and verse 33, it says the following words, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Did you notice that the Lord here, Jesus, is saying these words? He's saying, hey, believer, listen up. Just because you now believe in me and have discovered this new life doesn't mean that all the issues of life are going to go away. You're still going to have tribulation. You're still going to have hardship. You're still going to have issues. Anybody have a hardship lately? Anybody have, you know, financial issues lately? Yeah, it's real. This time of the year especially. Family issues. I was at our company Christmas party and we were playing a game and they asked, what's one of the reasons why people don't like holidays? And one of the answers was family They don't like to be around family. That's why I love what Mother Betty's family is doing today. They're all getting together. They started recently having uh, supper together on Sundays. Amen. That's a wonderful, wonderful tradition. We all need to do that. Time is short. Life is short. The next generation needs to know the love that exists. They need to know and they need to experience that. Amen. But I'm thankful that he is the Prince of Peace. He takes care of disturbances in my life. He takes care of issues in your life that come up. How many have ever been in a day that's going crazy? Those got to be those Mondays, right? Mondays are typically that. Or a Friday. Friday at the end of the day, things are just starting to unravel. Things are coming apart at the seam. And you don't know what's going on. You're being pulled emotionally. And you got to recognize right there, I'm in a battle. You know, we, we war not against flesh and blood. Amen. The Bible says that. But we got to ask, Lord, I need your peace right now. Yeah. How many are thankful that you can call on your Lord? He can grant you peace. Amen. The Bible reminds us of a scripture in the Old Testament. Be still and know that I am God. When you are still and you begin to trust him, peace will fall upon you and begin to rain down upon you. Even in the middle of that disturbance, even in the middle of that storm, I I don't care what it is because I've experienced it. I've told you when I I lost my son at 20 years of age and, and life is just a tragedy, I had a peace that I couldn't explain. Yes, there's grieving, absolutely. But all of a sudden... I began because I began to ask God, I need your peace. And he gave me a peace that the Bible says passes all understanding. It passes all understanding. And it just filled my heart. And it brought comfort at a time when I needed comfort. How many have needed comfort? Amen. You're going to need comfort. You're going to continue to need it. Call on him. He is the prince of peace. Amen. Amen. This morning as I start to close... And if the musicians can come back up right now. The government shall be upon his shoulders, the Bible says. The government. Aren't you 
Don't you wish, like me, that the government now could be upon his shoulders? Don't you wish that we didn't have to face scandal after scandal and this and that? And I'm not talking about being this or that party. I'm, I, I could care less about that. I'm just talking about one day and one day soon, I want to see our Lord and Savior as the leader, as the King of kings in his rightful place. How about you? I'm longing for that day. And one day Christ will return. And the government will be upon his shoulders. This was a prophecy written over 2,500 years ago. Declared. The government is not on his shoulders yet. But trust me, when it is, there will be no more scandal. There will be no more issues going on in our government or in the governments in the world. There won't be any more border issues. There won't be any more race wars, division. There won't be any of that nonsense because sin will have be, been done away with, right? Sin will be gone now and we'll just be living in paradise where we, need, where we long to be, amen? But one day, one day he will rule and reign on this earth. One day the Bible promises us there will be no more threat of economic meltdown. You won't have to worry about your 401k, your IRA, your retirement plan because we all see that stock market doing this and if you're, you're like me we all have money in there and eventually hoping that one day you can use some of it if it's there or social security but how many know that your faith isn't in, in an economic market it's in God Almighty, amen your faith isn't in an economic market now God wants you to be wise be good steward but he is your ultimate supplier of all your needs, amen you see, before Jesus can put the government on his shoulders, he had to put the cross on his shoulders. He had to put the cross on his shoulders and go to Calvary, to a place called Golgotha, and be nailed to a cross for you and I, to pay for the sins of you and I, to pay for the sins of this world. He went instead of you and I. We didn't have to pay the price. The great news is all we have to do is just receive that. It's a gift. It's free. You don't have to get baptized to receive this gift. You don't have to pay the pastor money or get him an extra large shirt. You don't have to bring food to our church on Sundays or be a deacon or be an usher. You don't have to have none of that. It's free. It's a gift. All he wants you to do is just open your arm, open your hand, and receive that gift. It's that simple, amen? He took that cross and he died on it. He died on that cross for you and for me. So what's in a name? What's in a name? If it's the name of Jesus Christ, everything, say everything with me. Everything you need is in that name everything you need is in that name 